0: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by Lifesight News and the Station of the Cross. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's
1: Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? You know what today is. Today is the day before the beautiful feast of the Sacred Heart, the most sacred heart of Jesus, the number one feast day in the church, the number one feast in the church, the number one devotion, the church outside of, of course, the Holy Mass. And um, we, the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, um, our community Uh, The Feast of the Sacred Heart is very special to us. It's a first-class feast. It's not a Holy Day of Obligation, although I wish it were, but it's a first-class feast. And many know that our Lord appeared to St. Margaret Mary in the 1700s, uh, showing her his sacred heart and asking her to spread the devotion throughout the world. But what many people don't know, and what I learned later, is that Hundreds of years before, he had appeared to St. Gertrude the Great, who was a Benedictine, and also showed her his sacred heart and asked her to spread the devotion to the world. And he appeared both to St. Gertrude and to St. Margaret Mary on the Feast of St. John the Baptist, both of them. And St. Gertrude said to him, "'Lord, why did you wait till now?' to give us the devotion to the Sacred Heart. And he said, because there was a time the world would need it more. And so it he asked St. Gertrude to spread it, which she did. By the time St. Margaret Mary Alaco came around, uh, the world needed it again, and it was spread, and then the feast day of the Sacred Heart was established after that. And St. Gertrude was a Benedictine. St. Margaret Mary was a visitation nun. And I took... My novitiate at the Holy Order of Mary Visitation, and uh, I'm now a Benedictine. So we have St. Benedict, uh, and we have Sister Gertrude here, Sister Gertrude Marie, after St. Gertrude the Great, and um, because we also have St. Francis de Sales, uh, who is my spiritual director from heaven, I love that saint. Um, then St. Margaret Mary is also ours. So we have the two saints that Jesus appeared to to spread the devotion to the Sacred Heart. And so many people don't understand devotion to the Sacred Heart, and I'm certainly among the crowd. I learned a little more as the years went by, but I found a wonderful article on the history of devotion to the sacred heart. And it's written by Gretchen Phils F I L Z, and I think tomorrow's the feast day. And so today and tomorrow, beloved, today and tomorrow's programs are pre recorded because there's some special goings on at the Station of the Cross and we pre recorded these. So everything's gonna be the same. Um but you're not going to be able to call in today and tomorrow, Thursday and Friday, so um you know what you can do though uh I don't even know if you're going to be able to email in but um i don't I don't know that um you can always email, but uh it'll be used the following week, so if you email anything um it just a uh, mother at the station of the cross.com and it's the station of the cross.com. And we'll get your questions when we come back live on Monday. Okay. So let me read this wonderful article. It's going to be a uh, learning for all of us. It's, it's a feast that we should know. We should know more about his sacred heart pierced for us. The heart that he said has loved so much and is so little loved in return. We should know this. We should dedicate and throw in our our homes to the Sacred Heart. We should teach our children. Uh, it's, it's just a very glorious feast. And so the article begins that the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus is one of the most popular Catholic devotions. Many are familiar with the story of Jesus appearing to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque to request a special devotion to the Sacred Heart and how it was later instituted as a feast day for the universal Church. But there is so much more to the Sacred Heart devotion that is commonly known. The Divine Mercy, the Feast of Corpus Christi, and the Eucharist, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Immaculate Heart of Mary are all marvelously interconnected. Providentially, they are also back to back feasts on the Roman calendar, the Roman liturgical calendar. The depths of these mysteries can only be plunged in heaven. However, this article will attempt to skim the surface of these mysteries just a bit so that you can appreciate this special devotion in a deeper way this weekend. Beloved, I'm, I hope you're looking forward to this. I am. I'm looking forward to reading this article with you because it's, I could never, when, you know, you hear our Lord, uh, there's two phrases of our Lord that, that pierce me. One is when he stood before Jerusalem prior to his crucifixion and said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how oft I would have gathered thee as a, a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you would not, you would not. And your city will be left to you desolate and Jerusalem was then totally destroyed. Heartbreaking for him. It, the place where he stood is Dominus Flavet meaning, uh, Flavet, meaning Jesus wept. And I stood there on that very spot when I went to Jerusalem, and I wept. It's just so heartbreaking. The other uh, is what our Lord said about his sacred heart. Behold this heart that has so loved the world and is so little loved in return. We hardly know his heart. We hardly know his heart. His heart is him. You speak about a person, uh, Jesus said, "If as a man thinks in his heart. You can't separate the thoughts from the heart. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The heart is the seat of, the, the, the emotions, the seat of a person. So let me continue this article now. Um, the very interesting history of the Sacred Heart Devotion The devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus has its roots all the way back to the time of the Apostles, and arguably, even before this, in the Song of Songs penned by Solomon. Oh, there's so much. I could hear you saying, really? I didn't know that. I know, me neither, but it's so wonderful to put these pieces together. St. John the Evangelist is the Apostle associated with the Sacred Heart devotion Because first, he was known as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Do you know that? Do you know that St. John, the evangelist who wrote the Gospel of John, never, ever mentions his name? Never once mentions his name. He always calls himself the disciple that Jesus loved. He was so ecstatic in being loved by Jesus. That's what he became known by. I'm the one that Jesus loved. I'm the one who knelt on His breast at the Last Supper, and so he was. Um, let's see, he was known as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Secondly, he was called the apostle of love due to the theme of love repeated in his gospel and epistles. And of course, he wrote the Gospel of John, which is the Gospel of the love of God, and. Um, and it's the gospel that says John's, uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The apostle of love. And the apostle John also wrote First, Second, and th- the epistles of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John and the book of Revelation. Thirdly, he had the special privilege of reclining on the chest of Jesus at the Last Supper, which we'll, we'll talk a little more about. In the Middle Ages, the heart of Jesus became a specific object of adoration as the center and wellspring of Jesus' passionate and infinite love for us. The sacred heart also represented the woundedness of Jesus' heart. Both the physical wound incurred to his physical heart on the cross by the centurion's spear and the spiritual wound of a love so great that he gave up his life because of it. Even while his love is scorned by those for whom it was generously given, this dual yet united aspect of the sacred heart, both passionately loving and being painfully wounded by love, is clearly seen in a mystical text. It is attributed to St. Bernard of Clairvaux. And I'm going to read a quote from that text by Saint Bernard of Clairvaux. Says this: "They dung is it? Um, wasn't it? It is uh, Jesus, the very thought of the... Uh, is the song attributed to St. Bernard. It was one of my favorite Protestant songs. St. Bernard is a favorite Protestant saint, and I don't know if they know he's Catholic or not, but Jesus, the very thought of thee with sweetness fills my breast. Such a beautiful, beautiful song. And here's a quote from St. Bernard of Clairvaux. "'They dug, therefore, and they dug through not only his hands, but also his feet, yea, and his side also.' And the very recesses of his most sacred heart they pierced with the spear of rage, though it had already been wounded with the spear of love. Thou hast wounded, says the spouse in the canticles of love, thou hast wounded my heart, my sister, my spouse. O oh Lord Jesus, thy spouse, thy love, thy sister has wounded thy heart. Why then? Was it necessary that that heart should be wounded further by thine enemies? We'll never know this side of heaven how much our sins wounded Christ. We'll never know. I don't even think the other side of heaven for all eternity, beloved. There's the music for our first break because the program's pre-recorded. You won't be able to call in today. You can email. We'll take your emails on Monday at mother at the station of the cross dot com we'll be right back, don't go away.
2: Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful, full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at FaithfulInsight.com and may God bless you. This is Rick Paulini and Father Jacek Mazur. Join us every Sunday morning. We'll be delving into the Diary of St. Maria Faustina and discussing the topics important in your life. Whether you're wrestling with willpower or praying for patience, God uses the Diary to speak to your struggles. So tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8.
3: Jezu, ufam Tobie. Jesus, I trust in You. The Terry and Jesse Show, weekdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network and heard around the world on the iCatholic Radio app. This is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show. Each weekday, we're talking about the things that matter to Catholics, spiritual warfare, Marian devotion, tradition, and staying strong in your faith in this culture of death. I hope you'll join us. Give us a call during the show at
2: 888-526-2151.
0: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live.
1: Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are right in the middle of a wonderful article by a woman named Gretchen I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, F-I-L-Z, and it's The History of the Sacred Heart. And we've discussed and read already how our Lord appeared to Margaret Mary Alacoque and gave her devotion to the Sacred Heart. And, um, and then also to St. Gertrude. Um, and it says the devotion to the Sacred Heart was twofold. It adored the infinite and self giving love of Jesus. And secondly, this adoration was given to Jesus' heart in reparation for the disdain, rejection, and coldness his loving heart endured from others. And in possession of a copy of the beautiful Vitis Mystica, um, that is uh, from where we just quoted St. Bernard of Clairvaux, two 12th century Cistercian visionaries named St. Gertrude and St. MacTilda were known for enjoying the mystical experiences with Jesus and his sacred heart. St. Gertrude the Great, who perhaps enjoyed the more profound intimacy of the two, had a mystical experience on the feast day of St. John, the evangelist, in which she was granted the grace to rest near the living heart of Jesus. And again, it was on St. Um, John the Evangelist that our Lord also appeared to Margaret Mary. St. Gertrude experienced the exquisite and divine beatings of our Lord's heart and wondered why St. John, who had also reclined in the heart of, uh, on the heart of Jesus at the Last Supper, had never written of his experience. St. John appeared to her in a vision, and he replied, Yes, I heard them, and my soul was penetrated with their sweetness even to its very center, and explained that he did not write of this because, quote, this is from St. John, My mission was to write of the eternal word, but the language of the blissful pulsations of the sacred heart is reserved for latter times that the time-worn world grown cold in the love of God may be warmed up by hearing of such mysteries. End quote from St. John. That's how he answered St. Gertrude. Why, she said, why wasn't devotion of the Sacred Heart written of in the Gospels? Why, St. John, uh, when you leaned on our Lord's breast at the Last Supper and heard the beating of his heart, why didn't you say something about it then? Why didn't he instruct something would be written about the Sacred Heart uh, devotion then? And she said, uh, St. John said, because he wrote, that um, his mission was to write of the eternal word, that's our Lord, and the language of the blissful pulsations of the sacred heart is reserved for latter times, that the time-worn world grown cold in the love of God may be warmed up by hearing of such mysteries. St. Gertrude's mystical experiences with the Sacred Heart of Jesus, as well as special prayers she penned in devotion to him, are contained in the Herald of Divine Love. These are book titles, the Herald of Divine Love, and then the Life and Revelations of St. Gertrude. The two wonderful books, we have them, beloved, two wonderful books. You know, when... um, uh, sis, our current sister Gertrude Marie, her her given name is Kathleen, and she didn't know anything about Saint Gertrude when she came at all, and hardly knew anything about the Benedictine life. But we have a bookshelf full of couple thousand books and uh, three sections on the saints, and there she found Saint Gertrude, and she started to read, and she never stopped. And before she was given a name, before she entered the novitiate, um. Uh, she, we were walking outside one day uh, on a mission, and she said, "You know, Mother, I have fallen in love with Saint Gertrude. She just loved her. She couldn't believe there was such a saint with such devotion to our Lord, and she loved her. And Saint Gertrude was very faithful and taught her how to read the office. So um, uh, people have said to me when they've come how wonderful she is, and she is wonderful." And um, how I've done a great job informing her, and I say to everyone, no, 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 I did not form her. Saint Gertrude did. Saint Gertrude is a wonderful. So if you don't know Saint Gertrude, get a book of hers and read it: "Herald of Divine Love" or "The Life and Revelations of Saint Gertrude the Great." And here's one a prayer to the Sacred Heart that she wrote: Quote, "I salute thee, O Sacred Heart of Jesus." living and vivifying source of eternal life, infinite treasure of the divinity, ardent firma, furnace of divine love. Thou art the place of my repose and my refuge. Enkindle in my heart the fire of that ardent love with which thine own is all aflamed, inflamed. Pour into my heart, St. Gertrude wrote, pour into my heart, the great graces of which thine is the source, and grant that my heart may be so closely united to thine, that thy will may be mine, and that my will may be eternally conformed to thine, since I desire that henceforth thy holy will may be the rule of all my desires and all my actions. Amen. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to pray for such a desire as St. Gertrude had, to to be tucked into the will of God, to have her only desires be of those desires of our Lord, who gave himself for us. Four centuries later, in 1673, 400 years after our Lord appeared to St. Gertrude the Great, he appeared to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, showing her a vision of the now famous image of his sacred heart, surrounded by flames of love. He said to St. Margaret Mary, My heart, quote, My heart is so full of love for men that it can no longer contain the flames of its burning love. I must discover to men the treasures of my heart and save them from perdition. End quote. Some of you, maybe us, wonder, does God really love me? He can't really love me. I'm not worthy of being loved. You know something, beloved. Nobody is worthy to be loved. Somebody says, but I feel worthless. I'm not faithful. How could God love me? He can love you, not because you're lovable, not because you're perfect, not because I'm lovable and perfect, but because he's a God of love. And here is the secret. So full of love for men, for mankind, that he can't even contain his love. And prodigal love, he poured it out, just a spendthrift, wasted it on all of us to bring us to him, to full happiness, which is a state of full love for God. Although the Sacred Heart devotion was devoutly practiced by many saints and religious in the previous centuries, it was not yet widespread throughout the universal church. And this, this was the special mission given to St. Margaret Mary. To her, Jesus revealed his desire for a stronger, increased, and widespread devotion to his Sacred Heart. And so Margaret Mary Alacoque, just like St. John and St. Gertrude, was allowed in a mystical vision to rest her head upon Jesus' heart. And again, on the feast day of St. John the Evangelist, thus Jesus revealed that in addition to his love, it is devotion to his heart of flesh, his physical beating heart, that he desired to be propagated. Um and this devotion is very closely um, uh, connected with the Blessed Sacrament, which we'll read in just a moment. Pope Leo the Thirteenth consecrated mankind to the Sacred Heart, finally, on June eleventh eighteen ninety nine by order of Pope Leo the Thirteenth, at the request of Jesus, all mankind was solemnly consecrated to his sacred heart. Pope Leo the Thirteenth called this event the great act of his pontificate. And um, actually, um, Gretchen Fills uh, wrote this in two parts, and she said the second part, which we'll go on to read, um, will talk about its connection to the divine mercy and the Eucharist, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and how you can have an enthronement of the Sacred Heart in your home. It's so, it's beautiful, it's powerful, beloved, and it's, I would say, important to have that enthronement in your home. I would say it's very important, wherever we move, if and when God, it pleases God to find us, our community um, a new home under a, a, a bishop who desires us to be there. We want to knock on every door in the city, Catholic or not, and we want to bring the devotion to the sacred and the Immaculate Heart into every home and have every home consecrated. That's what we long to do. When I was in St. Louis, Louis uh, Cardinal Burke, who was Archbishop Burke then, who was the one who invited me to, initially to found this community, He did the same with the Sacred Heart. He went into every single home and enthroned the image of the Sacred Heart and consecrated the home and the family to the Sacred Heart. It's very beautiful, and the graces are enormous, beloved. And our whole priory that we live in here has been consecrated um, by Bishop Slattery. Uh, to the Sacred Heart. It's a small place, but we, I remember we had 70 people in here that day and a magnificent, magnificent celebration. On the cross after Jesus died, the centurion thrust his spear through Jesus' side and into his heart. We know this because blood and water um, flowed out of this wound. In the divine mercy image revealed to St. Faustina, The red and white rays signify the blood and water which flowed from the side of Jesus at the point of the centurion's spear that is out of his heart. In the diary of Faustina Kowalska, if you haven't read that diary, Divine Mercy in My Heart, I recommend it to everyone. It's very beautiful, and it'll give you readings for every day, and you can read it over and over the rest of your life. It, it, it will be a treasure. In that diary, Jesus explained the meaning of the revealed image to St. Faustina. Quote, Jesus said, The two rays denote blood and water. The pale ray stands for the water which makes souls righteous. The red ray stands for the blood which is the life of souls. These two rays issued forth from the very depths of my tender mercy— when my agonized heart was opened by a lance on the cross, end quote from our Lord, directly to St. Margaret Mary, to St. Faustina, I should say. It's so magnificent. It's so magnificent. Um, Oh, beloved, I wish I were here to talk to you after this break, but um, we're going to come back, and normally it would be our half hour together. But uh, we cannot have you call in today. So um, I don't know if we have emails from, from past days. Um, but we're going to continue with uh, the Sacred Heart. And, um, and then we will take your calls and your emails on Monday. But don't go away today or tomorrow, beloved. Uh, very, very special messages these two days and a most special first-class feast from the heart of Jesus. We'll be right back.
2: We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSight News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSight is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifeSightNews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations thank you for helping to save the culture.
3: The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here. Here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network.
0: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live.
1: Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is the second half of our program, but we're not live today. We are very much alive, but it's pre-recorded for you. Brand new program, but pre-recorded because we cannot be here today, uh, live with you. And so you won't be able to call it. but I'm going to continue with our, um, um, reflections on the Sacred Heart, uh, which feast day is tomorrow, first class feast, and, uh, a devotion that many, many people are missing. And we are very blessed here, the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, because we're Benedictine, and so we have St. Gertrude, um, to whom our Lord appeared 400 years before he appeared to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, and to two of them to spread devotion to the Sacred Heart. And uh, St. Margaret Mary was a visitation nun, uh, daughter of St. Francis de Sales. So it's all very special to us and um right now uh the um d- devotion to the sacred heart is being connected with the divine mercy um devotion and then to the eucharist and then um uh to the immaculate heart of mary and it it's it there's nothing what doesn't the love of heart uh, the love of heart the heart of love of our lord Uh, what doesn't that connect with? He is love. God is, it's not that he's loving. He is love. It's a noun. It's what God is. We love sometimes. We don't love sometimes, but God is love. He never does not love, even when he's punishing us, even when he's chastising us, whom he loves, he chastens. He cannot not love. And so right now, we're speaking about the divine mercy The Divine mercy devotion focuses on the infinite and generous mercy of Jesus as he willingly gave himself up to reconcile us to God the Father. And in the quote above that we just read before the break from St. Faustina, um, we see that this divine mercy is closely connected with the sacred heart of our Lord because it is from his great love that his infinite mercy pours out just as it was due to the piercing of his heart on the cross that his blood and water poured out. And in addition to the physical wound, devotion to the sacred heart is also about the wound of love, of love that Christ endures in giving himself up completely and being often rejected or ignored by the ungratefulness of men. Some years ago, we received... um, on Friday, just prior to the Feast of Divine Mercy in the church, the Sunday after Easter. I don't know how much it is. It it covers almost our entire wall in the entrance to our priory. It's a painting of the Sacred Heart. Jesus, I trust in you in English and in Hebrew. And I I, I grieve that I didn't think about this before, I don't have on the tip of my tongue the name of the gentleman who hand drew that to us, for us. It is utterly, utterly magnificent. And a week ago, my nephew Matthew and his wife Lindsay visited with their two babies Rivka, uh, the oldest, and then um, uh, um, Olivia, who just turned two on Wednesday. And When they came into the house, by the way, they have a third little baby on the way, so you might offer a prayer for for Lindsay and the baby. Um, Olivia, the little one who just turned two, she saw the divine mercy and she shrieked, My Jesus! My Jesus! She loves Jesus. She loves all the images of Jesus but especially the divine mercy. And so her mom told me that, that she loves the divine mercy. So I said, well, look at this, this huge picture that was bigger than her. And she just screamed, my Jesus, my Jesus. Don't you think that pleases his heart? It's just so wonderful. And when Rivka, I think Rivka's four, I have to, I'm not, oh dear, that's terrible. Um, And when Rivka was Olivia's size, um, and they visited with Rivka. We have a, a life size statue of St. Joseph, St. Joseph holding the baby Jesus. And just this huge statue is just as you come into the priory. And on their way out, Rivka in Matthew's arms saw that statue. And she stopped and just froze. And she looked at him and she talked to him. And we thought she was having an apparition. She just talked to that little baby in Joseph's arms. I have pictures of it. It's just absolutely amazing. Who knows what God does with children? It's so incredibly beautiful. So there's not only a connection to divine mercy with the sa- devotion to the sacred heart, but of course the Holy Eucharist. The Holy Eucharist. Um my goodness it is the sacred heart of jesus for us the sacred heart of jesus is closely connected with the devotion to the blessed sacrament in the revelations of the sacred heart to saint gertrude and saint margaret mary jesus shows that the sacred heart is more than a symbol used to represent his love his sacred heart is also his real heart of flesh The object of the sacred heart of Jesus, devotion, thus became connected with a devotion to the real presence of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. That is, his soul and divinity, his body and blood, the real physical sacred heart of Jesus is made present to us in the Eucharist. Beloved, how do we believe that? How can we get everyone to believe it? How could we get every Catholic to believe it? Can we prove it to anybody? No. Of course, there are miracles all over the world on the hosts that bleed and all of that. But it's something that we believe by faith. People can be shown all kinds of miracles and they don't believe. It's usually miracles that simply confirm the belief of those who do. Um, but it must hurt his heart to love us so much and to have us so skeptical and not believe. Many Eucharistic miracles attest to this fact. On several occasions, a consecrated host that has been the subject of a Eucharistic miracle, that is, appearing as blood and human tissue to the naked eye, I've seen several of them. I went on one pilgrimage. I was so graced to do this, to 13 miracles in Italy, Eucharistic miracles. In one instance, the Eucharistic miracle of Lanciano, which is one of them where I was, the flesh is cardiac tissue with AB blood type. That host bled, and the blood coagulated, and it's still there. When you see it, you can see the host, you can see the blood at the bottom, And it's the tissue of a heart, cardiac tissue with AB blood type. When we are adoring the real presence of Jesus during Eucharistic adoration and receiving Holy Communion at Mass, we are adoring and consuming the real flesh and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus' sacred heart, given up in love for our salvation. When we read this, when we believe this, when we love this, and when we adore him, can you imagine receiving him from a priest with plastic gloves, or removing our mask and taking him, or taking him with our hands? Uh, It's so utterly heartbreaking, so utterly heartbreaking. This is simply profound. Gretchen Phil's right. simply profound. And then the Sacred Heart is also tied to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. It is no coincidence that the feast day of the Immaculate Heart of Mary is the day following the Sacred Heart feast day. So this Friday, tomorrow, is the Feast of the Sacred Heart, first-class feast. Again, not a holy day of obligation, but first-class feast. And the following day, Saturday, is the Feast of the Immaculate Heart. Because Mary is our Lord's mother, Jesus received his human nature from her. He received flesh and blood from her. The flesh and blood, beloved, that we, before whom we bow, whom we receive at every Mass, is that flesh and blood, now risen and glorified, given to our Lord by Mary. Jesus received his flesh and blood, including the organ of his heart, from Mary. Even more profoundly is the connection of Mary's heart with the heart of Jesus during the Passion. When Mary presented Jesus in the temple after his birth, Simeon revealed to her that because of our Lord's sufferings, a sword would pierce through her own soul also her suffering would be intimately connected to the suffering of Jesus on the cross. It is for this reason that the image of the miraculous medal revealed by Mary to St. Catherine Labouret has the letter M at the foot of the cross and entwined with it, below which is the image of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart side by side. From the moment of the Annunciation through the Passion and into eternity, Mary is a special creature intimately connected to Jesus with a unique role to play in the salvation of mankind. Oh, dear beloved, there's just so much, so much of a treasure we've been given, so much. And then... um, Gretchen fills lists the saints who had a devotion to the Sacred Heart. Listen to this, beloved. Saint Gertrude, Saint Matilda, Saint Claire, Saint Catherine of Siena, and of course, Saint Margaret Mary, Saint Aloysius Gonzaga, Saint Bernard of Clairvaux, Pope John Paul II, just to name a few. Um, Each of them had a special devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and these saints wanted to have a heart like his. How often have we heard the prayer, Lord Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make my heart like unto thine. Devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus includes prayer, frequent Holy Communion, and in this day, lot of spiritual communion as well, visits to the Blessed Sacrament in the Tabernacle or Monstrance, devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Blessed Virgin Mary. And in addition, there are particular devotions revealed specifically to St. Margaret Mary for widespread devotion in the Universal Church. The Sacred Heart Feast Day, the First Friday devotion, and the veneration of an image of the Sacred Heart. With these devotions, Jesus eagerly awaits to shower us with special graces. Just a note on each feast day, beloved. We're coming, um, where are we now? I think we're coming up close to our final break. Let me just continue a bit. The Sacred Heart Feast Day. This is tomorrow, beloved. Um, uh, Okay, there's the music for our break. And um again, we won't be able to take your calls. I'm going to miss you, but this was a pre-recorded program today, and it's for the feast day tomorrow. We'll be with you tomorrow as well, so you won't be able to call in. But you are always welcome to email with any, or text with anything on your heart, and it's toll-free at one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. Rather, that's our toll-free number for Monday, but our email. Is Mother at the Station of the will be right back, beloved.
0: Merciful God, our Father. Hear our fervent prayer for all who suffer from the coronavirus. May those who are infected receive the proper treatment and the comfort of your healing presence. May caregivers, families, neighbors, and church communities be shielded from the spread of this virus. Preserve our bodies from contagious disease and our souls from all sin. Protect and guide those who strive to find a cure that their work may conquer the virus and restore our communities to wholeness and health. Help us to rise above fear and to live in your peace. We ask all this through the intercession of Our Lady of Fatima, and in the name of your Son, Jesus, the Divine Physician, and the Holy Spirit, who live and reign now and forever. Amen.
2: The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the Internet with over 40 million unique users every year. The Catholic Current on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network.
0: These groups are getting all of this money and doing things, I think, that are endangering our sovereignty and endangering our safety.
2: Uh, What is it about the culture that that needs to be fixed or purified?
3: Well, I mean, it's pretty much everything, you know, when we come down (laughs) to it.
2: Tune in weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross and iCatholic Radio for the Catholic Current, bringing Christ to the world and the world to Christ.
3: The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a non lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family.
0: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSight News and the Station of the Cross. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live.
1: The Miriam Live, this is our last Oh, a little less than 10 minutes together. Um, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And again, this program is pre recorded. And so you're not able to call in live today, but it is a new program for you. And we're talking about the Feast of the Sacred Heart, the great, greatest devotion in the church, devotion to the Sacred Heart of our Lord. Um, And so, just to sum up on the Sacred Heart Feast Day, Jesus asked St. Margaret Mary for a special feast day in honor of his sacred heart. He specifically asked for this feast day to fall on the Friday after the octave of Corpus Christi, which is the feast dedicated to the body and blood of Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. His words were to St. Margaret Mary, quote, I demand that the first Friday after the octave of Corpus Christi be set apart for a special feast to honor my heart, that on this day reparation be made to it with special solemnity, that the faithful receive holy communion in reparation for the indignities which it has received on the altars. And I promise that my heart will expand to pour out in abundance the treasures of divine love. On those who render it this honor end quote, well beloved most of us will not be able to receive um, the Eucharist tomorrow. most of us will not be able to go to Holy Mass tomorrow. if you can, it would be wonderful if not uh, our Lord would be worth our um, taking time to go aside and pray and um, to make a spiritual communion. The Feast of the Sacred Heart took place in 1670 in France. And at the request of the French bishops, the Sacred Heart Feast Day was extended to the Universal Church in 1856 by Pope Pius IX. And it is celebrated on the Friday after the octave of Corpus Christi, as asked by our Lord. And someone has asked how devotion um how the the Sacred Heart devotion connects to the first Friday devotion, and on that score um uh, the, the um uh, Gretchen phils f i l z who wrote this article says, in addition to the annual Sacred Heart Feast Day, the first Friday devotion is also reserved for special devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus in reparation for the sins of mankind toward Jesus' loving heart. Jesus promised special graces to those who attend Mass on the first Friday of every month for nine consecutive months. His words to St. Margaret Mary were quote, I promise you, in the excessive mercy of my heart, that my all powerful love will grant to all those who communicate, that is, the Eucharist, on the first Friday of nine consecutive months. The grace of final penitence; they shall not die in my disgrace, nor without receiving their sacraments. My divine heart shall be their safe refuge in this last moment. End quote. Beloved, if our Lord's words are not enough to lead us into the first Friday devotion, I don't know whatever will be. All of these special promises of Jesus, Gretchen writes for those with a special devotion to his sacred heart, can be found in the book penned by St. Margaret Mary called The Letters of St. Margaret Mary, a la Coke. and um And then there's a whole section that goes on to the First Friday and Saturday devotions, and the Sacred Heart of Jesus' Enthronement Ceremony, Twelve Steps. All of these can be found, all of these, beloved, Um, And concerning the sacred heart enthronement, um, Gretchen writes, after revealing to St. Margaret Mary the image of his sacred heart, which is a heart surrounded by the crown of thorns with flames of love and a cross just above it, Jesus promised even more graces to those who would keep and venerate the image in their home. Jesus promised St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, Again, that, quote, I will bless the home in which the image of my sacred heart shall be exposed and honored, end quote. And again, beloved, I cannot wait. I can hardly wait till we have a new home and we can knock door to door. And with the bishop's permission only, um, bring the devotion to the sacred heart and the immaculate heart and their enthronement into every home with children, parents, the whole family together. It is so, so needed. Jesus said, I will bless the home in which the image of my sacred heart shall be exposed and honored. Um, and there's an enthronement ceremony I mentioned earlier. It's a wonderful way to bring the love of Jesus into your heart, your marriage, and your family. Let's see. All right. And then uh, on devotion to the Sacred Heart, with the request for devotion to the Sacred Heart, Jesus gave 12 promises to those who faithfully do so. Um, And I will read you these promises, but let me just finish this article, which has just a couple of paragraphs more. And we'll read the 12 promises of the enthronement tomorrow. Um, um, And let me just see. After all this information in this article... Uh, Gretchen says, hopefully you will have a new and deeper appreciation for the depth and richness of our Lord's love for us and the great graces he bestows on us through our simple and humble devotion to him. Hopefully, when you receive Holy Communion and even a spiritual communion, beloved, your love for the heart of Jesus will grow as you appreciate in a deeper way this great gift of himself he gives to us in the Blessed Sacrament. He does not want our hearts for God, for others, and for heaven to grow cold. So he provides a way for our hearts to burn just like his. Oh, beloved, I had to go through that quickly. But you know, um, everyone is suffering through this time. And I was going to begin uh, for us to go back, to go right through the Baltimore Catechism and learn our faith together. Um, And we're not going to do that now. Uh, We're going to strive to do that next week. But the first question is, what do we mean by the end of man, the end of man? And the answer is, by the end of man, we mean the purpose for which he was created, namely, to know, love, and serve God. So, beloved, this is easy to say, not as easy to live. In your present circumstance, you are either denied Mass, or you denied the Eucharist, or you denied our Holy Eucharist, the Holy Eucharist on your tongue, or it is being distributed in a very irreverent manner, or illegitimate manner. Um, and you are suffering, and the the stores are the, the borders are open, the stores are open, and the churches are closed. The whole thing is political, and it is um, it's awful what's going on. And our bishops, um, uh, we need them to protect the faith and protect the sheep, uh, and not to give in to the government, uh, which should have no control over the church whatsoever. But what we need to do is trust that whatever is happening, beloved, God has allowed. God has allowed it. And if our chief end, each one of us individually and as a people, our chief end is to know, love, and serve God, what we must do is trust that when God removes from us the circumstances that we love, that keep the devotions, the Mass, the Eucharist, uh, that we love— uh, and that we are so used to having we kind of take for granted when he removes that from us we need to trust that he is putting us putting it upon us a way to love him more a way to love him when this church is per- persecuted beyond anything we've yet known we're going to need to learn to worship as a family and to love God and to worship him underground or in the privacy of our homes with no complaint and just be grateful that we have the freedom to say, Jesus, I love you and to adore him. God bless you, beloved. We will be with you tomorrow. God bless you.